BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Politico calls Milwaukee the odds-on favorite. A chilly Milwaukee bracing for a decision that could warm up the city's economy. Democrats flooded Pfizer Forum on Monday announcing Milwaukee will host their 2020 convention. 490 days. And this place will be hopping. Roughly one year ago, we found out the Democratic National Convention would be here in Milwaukee in July 2020. Then the coronavirus hit. It's hard to envision that. Again, we should listen to the scientists. I don't think it's going to be exactly what we want it to be. I think that's pretty obvious by now. The, the world has changed dramatically in the last several months. But before you can have a convention, you need elections. During a public health crisis, should people even be voting? I believe that our election could be the largest public event in this country in the month of April. I don't think that that's good public policy. 11 states had April primaries scheduled. The only one that hasn't rescheduled? Wisconsin. From the Fox 6 studios, this is Open Record. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire. Brian Polson is on assignment. We're bringing you new episodes of Open Record each day, Monday through Friday, to make it easier to sort through all of this coronavirus news. We're recording this on Thursday morning, April 2nd. The coronavirus has changed the way we talk about elections in Wisconsin. So we're going to talk about what happens to the DNC in just a minute. But first, we need to go through the push to delay voting in the first place. For that, we have Fox 6 political reporter Jason Calvi on the phone. Jason, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Where do things stand right now when it comes to Wisconsin's rapidly approaching election? That election is still on the books for April 7th. There are a number of court cases that have been consolidated and are being heard by a federal judge in the Western District of Wisconsin. Uh, that's still going forward. There's been there was one in Green Bay that's been that's been thrown out. Uh, but uh, so that's that's the first thing. There's a number of court cases trying to make changes to the April 7th election. But we're also seeing local officials here in Milwaukee urging people and also across the state urging people to vote by absentee ballot. Uh, the numbers are getting over now. Over a million people have requested absentee ballots in the state of Wisconsin. So there's a big push not to have people congregate, not to have them show up at the polling places, but instead to, to request that absentee ballot. We see drive-through voting taking place in Milwaukee and in other places right now, as well as a, as a way to not have people meeting in a public place, but to do it in their car, to vote in their car. Um, and the last day to request that absentee ballot is actually today, Thursday. Uh, all that information is on that website for the state. It's myvote.wi. Gov. So myvote.wi.gov, you can get registered to vote right there. And today's that last day to register. So this battle over pushing back the election, what does each side say? Because we have people who think very strongly about this on both sides of the argument. Right. So the people that are urging a delay in this election are citing things like the number of poll workers that are needed to run an efficient and safe election. 
in the state of Wisconsin, 60% of the municipalities, the towns, the cities, the villages are right now reporting a poll worker shortage. In, in some of those places, uh, at least 100 places, they say they can't even run a single polling site. Uh, here in Milwaukee, in the city, usually they have something like 180 polling sites. And uh, Neil Albrecht, the, uh, the Milwaukee Election Commission's uh, executive director, he's saying on Election Day, April 7th, they're going to have to consolidate those 180 polling places to just 12 or 10 or even fewer polling sites. So this is one of the big issues is there's you know, confusion. If you're used to going to your local, for example, your local school or your local uh, BFW hall to vote, um, maybe it's been moved because they're consolidating all these polling places. So that's one of the worries. The other one is that the governor and, and the mayors have urged people to stay home. There's the safer at home order. And so if you're not encouraged to go out in public, then how are you going to go out and, and vote? Um, Senator Bernie Sanders, the you know running for the Democratic nomination, he yesterday came out on, on Wednesday and said that Wisconsin should should join the other states that have delayed their election. He said the the state um, should should delay that and, and extend early voting and absentee voting and things like that. Uh, he said it would you know it, it's just not right to put people's lives on the line to vote. So that's one of the complaints you're hearing from people that want to have this election delayed or changed in some way. Um, as far as those who are supporting keeping the election April 7th, next Tuesday, uh, one of the arguments put forward by both Governor Evers and Republican leaders uh, recently was that these local offices, the county executive positions across the state, those are all going to become vacant. If, if there's no election in April, those spots will become vacant. And in the midst of a crisis, they say we need to have that leadership in place across the state. I know that there's obviously a concern of people not being able to vote or people who thought they were able to vote now not being able to vote in Dane County, for example. Uh, they had some people who had sent in selfies instead of pictures of their photo ID, and that was becoming a problem. There's a backlog in taking in these absentee ballots. So is there a a real concern here that some votes that ordinarily would be counted, won't be counted come election day? So the state Supreme Court on, on that issue in Dane County, the, the county clerk there had said, if you are following the governor's orders regarding staying at home, there is a loop. Let me get back. Let me change the, the there is a, a loophole in the state vote, uh, photo ID law. So right now, if you register to vote or you requi- request an absentee ballot, you have to upload your photo ID, your state driver's license, your state ID, um, to to get that to get that absentee ballot, but there is a loophole if you are indefinitely confined. So the clerk in Dane County said, "Well, if you're in your house because of the stay at safer home order, well then go ahead and just you know don't don't feel worried about checking indefinitely confined. That would be fine for you to do." Well, the state supreme court told the, the clerk, "No, this guidance is wrong. That does not follow the state law. You cannot no longer urge encourage people to." to use that loophole to get their absentee ballot. So that's question number one that the state Supreme Court did look at. Um, and then and then question number two is the access to, you know, the, the, the amount of time it's going to take to count all of these ballots when already we're seeing the poll workers, um, all the poll, you know, the, the number of poll workers down so so strikingly in the state of Wisconsin. And, and the question, for example, Neil Albrecht says it's going to take them 
three days to count all of these ballots because they can't start counting them now, even though they've got all these ballots coming in. They can't count them until Election Day, these absentee ballots. So this is something where we could look at seeing a delay in results. Um, But I do know I know people who live in other states that have delayed their elections who are very concerned that in a, about the precedent it sets, that in a crisis, if people in power can basically say, and eh, we're not going to do this right now, that maybe we should be worried about that ability. So I know there's been kind of that give and take on both sides here. I thought it was interesting that the governor's office released a statement yesterday basically saying, yeah, we'd be down for delaying the elections, but we can't do this by ourselves. But on the other hand, the legislature, who the governor's office was saying we would need them to pass something, the legislature says the governor's office hasn't really been pushing for this that hard. So what's going on there? Yeah. So, yeah, that you're right. The gov- Governor Evers yesterday, he said, if I could change the election on my own, I would. But I don't want to violate state law. That's that's a, the gist of what he put out in his statement yesterday, and that was that was surprising because up until now, up until this statement, you know, he he has been suggesting that the the argument earlier I raised about uh, the open the open vacancies. If there's no election on April seventh, then you've got all these county executive positions that will come vacant and in the midst of a crisis we need to have leadership in place so therefore uh we can't you know can't delay the the system that's what he had mentioned earlier uh, in this in this uh pandemic um so so yesterday he said no i, I would change it on my own but I, I i don't have that uh, authority and i think everybody in the legislature agrees with that this this would need to be uh, a, a, a law. It would have to be a, a state law changed. So that would take, you know, the state Senate, the state assembly, and then the governor's signatures to change state law. There have been others who have made their appeal directly to the governor, including uh, the Milwaukee um, Equal Rights Commission recently yesterday put a letter out to, to, the, uh, to the governor urging him just to use his emergency powers to change to change the election date. But that is that is such that would that would lead to so many lawsuits. And um, and, and so there's just so many things here that that uh, are just so many moving parts regarding that. But you're right. The legislature has, uh, as well as what the governor did earlier, has said that, you know, so many people are voting by absentee ballots. You know, we've got things in place. We're encouraging encouraging the National Guard will be utilized, helping, uh, you know, fill in for poll workers, state state uh, workers, as well as here in Milwaukee, city workers are all people like the librarians who the libraries are closed in Milwaukee. Um, they're being asked to help as poll workers as well. So there's you're seeing some kind of creative use of state and, and city employees to try to fill the gap with needs for poll workers. Will it be enough on election day? How long we have to wait in line? That remains seen and what that means moving forward as well. I think there's so many open questions on that. And we should point out, of course, that things have been rapidly changing. I know yesterday there were hearing arguments on these lawsuits asking to postpone the election. And uh, U.S. District Judge William Conley signaled that he's going to rule to let the elections keep going. He he was pretty, uh, I, I want to say he roasted the governor and the legislature, but that may not be a strong enough word. Uh, he said that they should postpone it, but as a judge, he doesn't see it as being in his authority to postpone the election, which I thought was interesting. So hopefully we'll have some decision on that coming down soon. But Jason, thank you so much for taking us through that. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me on. 
A few hours after we recorded this next part you're about to hear, the Democratic National Committee announced it's delaying the DNC until the week of August 17. But in our conversation with Fox 6 reporter Amy DuPont, we talk a lot about the impact that the DNC will have on the Milwaukee area, especially when it comes to the economy. And we thought that that's a conversation that you should be able to hear. So here you go. All right, now it's time to talk to Fox 6 reporter Amy DuPont about the DNC. Hi, Amy. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. Amy, you've been covering the DNC since day one here. So take us back to before Milwaukee was selected. Why the big push to have the DNC here? Sure. Well, I think the Democratic Party learned a lesson back in 2016. Remember, nominee Hillary Clinton did not come to the Midwest. She did not come to Wisconsin in particular, and she did not win the state. And of course, Wisconsin plays a big role. It's a swing state, and uh, each party wants those Wisconsin votes. And so this was a way to, you know... Uh, get people excited for the Democrats here in Wisconsin and, of course, in Milwaukee as well. And uh, Tom Perez, chairman of the DNC, his wife is from the area as well. So there's been a little bit of joking about that. I'm sure it didn't play a huge role, uh, but it, it was brought up a couple of times as well. What's the benefit to Milwaukee to have the DNC here? Money. Absolutely money. According to Visit Milwaukee, they believe that the four-day convention will have an economic impact here on the city of $200 million. I mean, that is a lot of money. And over the summer, or excuse me, over the last couple of months, they've brought in, uh, the DNC has brought in leaders uh, from both parties who helped out on their conventions to talk about what it meant for their city. And it's not even the money that's brought in during those four days. It's the uh, improvements to infrastructure, everything from more bus stops to more lights, um, to cleaning things up, things that are permanent. Uh, Each city that's hosted a convention has benefited from that, as well as all those eyes. Uh, You should see the lists of events that have come to those cities after they've hosted a convention, again, both for the Democrats and Republicans, is extraordinary. So it's not just a four-day event. The impact that hosting a convention has can last years and years and years. And, and for mostly, it's, it's all positive stuff for your city and your citizens. What's gone into the planning for that? Because when you have an event like that, it's not just everyone shows up one day, rolls in, and then they leave after four days. There's been quite an investment in infrastructure. Well, Mayor Tom Barrett had been pushing for this for a long time before the nomination uh, that or the announcement that Milwaukee was getting the DNC even came out. And since that day, they have been in constant communication with the DNC, of course, reaching out to local businesses as well. There have been a couple of meetings, both on the north and south side, encouraging local businesses, local entrepreneurs to get involved. They have made a huge push for volunteers. They had started holding those meetings where they are putting all their volunteers in one room to get them excited. Uh, And of course, all the venues, you know, there were venues here that had signed contracts and were booked to host the some you know, 1,500 different events that were going to take place outside of the convention hall. So a lot of people are all in on this, regardless of who you're going to vote for in November. Um, Money is to be made here. Everything from, I remember um, some of the politicians talking about, you know, like no one was counted out. Everyone from makeup artists to caterers um, to limo companies to other transportation, everyone had something to gain from this event. As you're talking, what strikes me, everything you're describing sounds like a lot of people 
in close proximity to each other, which with COVID-19 is not something we want. So going back to what you said, the main benefit was money. I'd imagine a lot of that money requires people to physically be here, right? Oh, absolutely. It's all the hotel rooms, it's the restaurants, it's the food delivery, it's the transportation, right? And those those delegates and the reporters don't come here. No one's using those services. Even Airbnb, I have friends that put their homes up on Airbnb for thousands of dollars a night and had some interest. And now everyone is just waiting. The other thing that was brought up yesterday, too, was the fact that right now with Safer at Home, so many businesses are hurting. And by holding the DNC in person, that could really help jumpstart our economy, at least here in Milwaukee. You know, it'd be a shot in the arm for all those people that are hurting right now. So they're really, really hoping we do this. However, I was really surprised because of the economic impact. Just yesterday, the latest Marquette University Law School poll came out and 62% of those surveyed said they do not think the DNC should be held in person. Only 22% said they believe it should go on as planned. Now, that's as planned. I don't know. The poll did not ask how people would feel if we just postponed it to say, August. With everything that we don't know, I think one thing we can say we do know is that if we do have some kind of virtual component, if we go on with the convention, not in person, it's not just a matter of, oh, well, okay, we thought we'd have this influx of money and now we won't, but we're no worse off than we were before because there's been an investment, a very tangible investment that's gone into preparing this area for this convention to happen. Now, according to Visit Milwaukee, that $200 million estimate, some of that money, they didn't tell us how much, but some of that money has already made its way into our community. Remember, they had that spring or winter walkthrough where people, media from all over the world came in. They rented hotel rooms. They spent money. Um, The host committee did a great job of kind of – supporting local businesses. They had this event down at Discovery World and they had lots of different food from all of our local vendors. Um, So some of that money is here already, but nothing compared to what it would be if this event actually took place. So there are a lot of people, again, regardless of what party they vote for, that do want this, especially now, because like we said, they're hurting and this would be an opportunity to jumpstart the economy here in Milwaukee. Well, and I'd imagine from the uh, Democrat standpoint, they don't want to delay having their convention too long because if you delay having a clear nominee for a long time when the general election rolls around, that's a, that's a risk you're taking. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Republican Party has an advantage. They have a candidate. They have all joined forces to, you know, work for that candidate. Here, there are still two candidates that are in the running. And how do you unite your party, you know, for the greater good or what they see it as defeating the Republicans if you're divided within your own party? So absolutely, they do not want to wait a whole long, longer than they had because they need to, you know, make sure that if your nominee wasn't chosen, that you will rally behind the party as a whole. Well, I'm sure there will be a lot more that we learn about how the convention happens, what format it takes, and we know you'll be on it. So thanks, Amy. Yeah, I will keep calling and emailing, I promise. Don't let up. (laughs) All right, thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Amy. 
We're going to keep bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID-19 pandemic. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email at theinvestigators at fox6now.com. That's theinvestigators at fox6now.com. Thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Amanda St. Hilaire. We will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.